Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Outside the Box, and I am with the Common Sense MD, Dr. Rogers. Dr. Rogers, how's it going? Great, Ben. Thanks for allowing me to be on the show today. It's <laughs> well, an honor. This is going to be fun because uh, this is going to be a little bit of an update, guys, and uh, I caught him. I'm, I'm actually uh, with the family on uh, 4th of July weekend, and, and this past week, um, you did a talk for... Um, I believe it had something to do with the Senate. It was through Zoom, and and I thought for the for the audience here, we could just kind of go over a little bit what you went over with them. Uh, hopefully, bringing some value to uh, the value you brought to the Senate people. You can bring to the people uh, that are listening to our show. So, just start off by just tell, explaining what was what did you do this past week? Oh, um, it was a presentation by myself and another uh, physician out of the University of North Carolina. Uh, infectious disease doc that's um, professor emeritus at Chapel Hill and we were asked by the Men's Health Network to present for Congress is actually for the the staffers of, of US Congress so all of them that wanted to learn about uh, cancer prevention we gave them a talk of course it was over zoom uh, but it was pretty interesting you know the various aspects about um, cancer prevention uh, for both male and female, even though it was for the Men's Health Network, we're both um, on consulting for them. You know, when we went to Walmart headquarters yeah. a few years ago, that was one of the things you came uh, with me on that trip. But um, then we went to the White House one one year. But well, for, for the people who don't know, what is the Tennessee Men's Health Network? Is um, It's, a, it's a, an organization that... Um, is funded nationwide and our state of course kicks in but it's meant to bring awareness um, to men's health um, you know men rank way behind women in terms of health and it's just kind of a, a subspecialty uh, organization that tries to bring awareness to men what they can do to um, get them to the doctor more to screen more men are much more reluctant to come to physician than women are, and as we've talked about many times, women are smarter than men. So, you know, it's just to bring awareness to men as far as taking care of their health. Uh, so this was just a talk about the most common types of cancer and um, what you can do to prevent it as far as primary prevention, which means basically your lifestyle, the things you do, especially what you eat, how active you are, how you sleep. Um, toxic exposures like smoking, alcohol, pesticides, um, environmental toxins, stress, of course, is one of them. And then secondary prevention, which means screening when you're asymptomatic uh, for diseases. And we took um, the most common types of cancers like skin cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer, lung cancer, and we kind of went over some of the things you can do um, as far as when you should get screened and uh, um, things you can do to maybe help lessen your exposure to those diseases because we've come such a long way in treating cancer. Our cancer rates and deaths in this country are plummeting because, of course, lung cancer is the number one um, cancer that kills Americans and um, there's a lot less smoking now than there was 30 years ago and the death rates have really come down plus we've got 
uh, early detection like uh, low-dose CAT scans of the lungs to screen for lung cancer. We used to have just plain chest x-rays, which are terrible for screening for early lung cancer. A low-dose CAT scan picks it up a lot sooner. Plus, we have better treatments. Look at, I mean, our, our treatments for breast cancer now are um, much better than they used to be. We have targeted therapies now. And um, so um, we're making a lot of strides. It made me realize that, um, you know, it made me refresh on everything that uh, we need to be telling our patients as far as when to go and get screened for these things, what to worry about, what not to worry about. And, um, you know, there's, there's hope that um, you can prevent cancer uh, from killing you by mm-hmm. screening uh, at the appropriate time. Certainly, you want to get screened if you don't have symptoms at certain ages with certain risk factors. But you also don't want to ignore the fact that if you find a lump or you're passing blood somewhere or losing weight or having unexplained fevers, et cetera, fatigue, then you need to tell your doctor about that and go get worked up for it then. Don't wait for a, a screening test. But, um, you know, a lot of our future health is going to depend on these types of screenings that we do, and they're not painful. Um, it seems like it's really just about being intentional with it and, and making this a part of your routine, you know, very similar to what uh, – the Tennessee Men's Health Network is doing and trying just to get men going to the doctor, you know, screenings, making this a part of what you do every year, uh, especially once you hit, hit a certain age is so important. And I'll just add, you know, um, you, you did a, a Common Sense MD on the some of these cancer screenings in a very similar type talk that he gave to the, the staffers for the U.S. congressman. Uh, so we'll link that um, in the in the show notes below uh, from this episode. Uh, but I'm curious, what sort of questions are you getting when you give a presentation like that? What what are people asking, or what do they want to learn more about? Um, they really want to learn more about how to prevent cancer and live a healthy lifestyle. For example, you know a lot of what we do at Performance Medicine is you know, battle obesity and figure out metabolic syndrome because um, metabolic syndrome, which means high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes or at least insulin resistance, um, we know it leads to heart disease. The number one killer of Americans in cancer is second. But a lot of people don't realize that being obese um, really increases your rate of cancer by a long shot. I think besides smoking, being obese is, is I would say, the second biggest risk factor for um, getting cancer. So, um, and what I do in my practice is try to figure out um, how to solve that obesity problem for that particular patient because it's different for everybody. Like I tell all my patients the first time they see me, life is not fair. Um, your particular set of circumstances metabolically don't equal your your best friend or your, your person that can eat a little bit differently than you can. So what we try to do is figure that out and give you the tools to help uh, get you leaner and overcome that insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome so that not only will you way lower your risk for heart disease, but you'll lower your risk for cancer as well. So much of what you talk about, you know, when you talk about just getting to the root of the problem comes back to 
this obesity epidemic. And, uh, and I'm, I'm interested, like when you, when you tell patients that, when you tell a group, um, you know, how, like how much of a, of a consequence it is to, to be obese, what's the reaction you get? Is it, is it one of like, okay, I, like I, I'm, I feel positive about this or is it more like almost they're a little down about it? Does it make people feel more in control to know that obesity is such a big issue and and if you solve that you solve so many other issues yeah you know to me it's it's a kind of a happy thing for them to finally get educated on something that they can be helped with because um as a doctor you you need to be able to give hope and you can do that uh if you work through it just it's hard to figure out i mean you can't you know spend five minutes with a patient and give them a script for something that you know, is going to cure them. It, it takes a lot of time and to get to know them and, you know, do the Cleveland heart panel, find out how insulin resistant they are, what their hormones look like, what their inflammatory markers look like. Remember, inflammation causes all disease. So if your gut's inflamed, if you're eating the wrong foods for you, um, it way increases your risk of both heart disease and cancer. So, you know, you give the patient hope and you have to realize that obesity is a metabolic disease um it's not their fault really it's not a matter of being lazy or something like that obviously they may eat the wrong foods but it's also a lifelong problem it has to be treated medically for a lifetime and there's a lot of things that go into play with that of course like psychology of eating stress hormones things like that but you know it's it's something that you need to treat for a lifetime, and a lot of it starts in in childhood. Um, you know, it's um, if your kid is obese as a young kid or a teenager, you know, most more than likely they're going to be an obese adult and live a shorter lifespan than you are for the first time in in history. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have our kids living a shorter lifespan than than we are. So it all has to do with the obesity epidemic. So um, you know. I guess when I went out on my own, that was the main thing that frustrated me with the the way we practice medicine, uh, with conventional medicine, is we don't go for the root cause of the problem, and we're really not tackling this obesity epidemic right. I mean, when you go to your doctor, and at the end of the visit, uh, the doctor says, you need to lose weight, and the patient goes, how? And then the doctor says, it's easy. Eat less, exercise more. Guess what? That doesn't work. It's a much more complex metabolic disease, and you have to approach it like that, or you're just you're just really making the patient feel like a fool, for one thing, and you're also giving them really bad information. Um, so if your doctor does not know what to do, you need to go to somebody who does know what to do because there is hope out there. You don't have to live your life as an obese person. There's so many things you do and you talk about, or you can do, and you talk about the tools quite a bit. Um, getting back to this talk you gave, what was, you know, what was your goal out of the talk? What, what, what were, what two to three messages were you really trying to get across? Was it, was it this, the, you know, the right cancer screenings plus the obesity message? Well, my, of course, my message is always primary prevention. You know, I meaning think the, the main, lifestyle. Meaning lifestyle. What you put in your mouth. Mm-hmm. How much you weigh. Do you smoke? 
You know, do you uh, drink too much alcohol? Um, risky behavior. So I think the main purpose of them uh, asking me was, of course, to go over the recommendations for secondary uh, prevention, which is asymptomatic screening. But it uh, seems like most people are really interested in more primary prevention, how to, yep. how to uh, prevent that from occurring in the first place. Um, which goes back to the obesity epidemic right. mo- most and, of the time. And, yeah, and lifestyle, what you, what you eat. I still think the most important aspect of your health is going to be what you put in your mouth. It's really like even you saying that makes me feel great because there is some control over that. And even we talk a lot about the complexity of weight loss and weight management. But, you know, even with that, there's things you can do. And there's there's tools out there, whether that be medication, whether it be, you know, information regarding what foods you eat, you know, how to manage stress maybe a little bit better. There's lots of different tests you can run to see, you know, what tendencies you might have that others don't. So to me, it's 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 really encouraging to know that, you know, solving that one issue can can really, uh, you know, create a, a, a longer health span, as you talk a lot about. Exactly right. And, you know, we have a lot of tools to help you overcome this metabolic syndrome. One we talked about recently was uh, the new mm-hmm. GLP-1 agonist that like Ozempic, which we've used for two or three years and had great success with it. And now uh, Wegovi, which is aimed uh, purely for weight loss, not not even in diabetics. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of great tools out there to help you. And you do need help. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've ever met a patient that could do it by themselves. Um, it's just way more complex than that. Um, so what my job is, is to make your path easier and to guide you along that path and then to keep you on it because it's a it's a lifelong condition that you have to be aware of and treat in regards to weight loss and obesity you've always said there you need three things you need number one you need a a a a reason why number two you need a tool to get there number three you need some sort of accountability yeah and would you stick to that? It's been, I yep. know it's been years you've been saying that. Yeah, right. That's a pretty good way to sum it up. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it was fun talking to the Senate, you know, and all. And, you know, they never want us to get too political, which I wouldn't do anyway on, on something like that. So it was a good, just uh, non-biased talk about, um, you know, cancer prevention, really. Well, you're, you're super outside the box. Did they, did it seem like they were receptive to some of the outside the box ways of looking at cancer and you know staying healthy yeah i think so you know from the feedback we got uh, but you know it's always kind of tough when you're doing zoom you know they haven't really reopened congress to speakers yet so you know it's always better when they meet you in person and you can fill your audience out and then they can come talk to you personally after you talk Um, so you know I like. I just hope our country can open back up to where we can have a lot more in-person meetings, and because I think some of the the Zoom and some of that really takes away from the uh, interactions that you get. But yeah. uh, maybe next year, 
you know, uh, we'll be back in Congress talking to them. So. Well, it's super cool. We're super proud of you for, for making that presentation. And uh, for those who want to dive a little bit deeper on some of the asymptomatic screening for cancer, you can check out that podcast episode on the Common Sense MD. That'll be linked in the show notes below. Uh, as always, this is Outside the Box. Dr. Tom Rogers. I'm your host, Ben Rogers. Thank you guys for hanging out. And as always, we will see you guys Don't next time. No. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.